Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Whatever time of day it might be where you're listening, it's always a great day to live life inspired and energized with fitness and faith. This is your fitness and faith coach, Mike Kipp, and I'd like to thank you for joining us. In this episode of the Fitness and Faith Podcast, we will talk about overcoming pain and injury. You'll hear about a prideful prayer, and we'll visit with Greg Oraham. Greg is the lead pastor at Foothills Community Church in Seneca, South Carolina, and also manages to find time to run Pastor Fit, a unique fitness program, especially for pastors. If you're alive and breathing, you will, at times in your life, endure pain and injury. We all will have to go through both spiritual and physical trials. It's just a part of life. I'm in Texas, and I'm pretty sure everyone who is listening knows the hardship Southeast Texas has experienced and will continue to experience as a result of Hurricane Harvey. I was shocked seeing the devastation caused by the storm. I was equally amazed at the actions of people responding to the needs of others. It didn't matter the political affiliations, skin tone, economic situation, or religious preference. People who could help were serving people who needed help overcoming some obstacles. More recently than Harvey, there have been multiple massive storms that have destroyed islands south of Florida, as well as crippling parts of Florida itself and there has been a devastating earthquake in Mexico. Listen to what's written in God's Word. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. Cheer, that's interesting. For I have overcome the world. And check out this verse. We know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him. That's pretty powerful stuff. But unfortunately, overcoming and getting through to the good means there is something we must overcome or get through. I mentioned giant storms and earthquakes, but most of the time our great trials and tribulations are very personal. Sometimes it's physical pain, and sometimes it's spiritual. Many times it is a combination of the two. Know this, you and I will experience pain and injury. If you take a look at most of the important characters in God's Word, you'll see that they had much to overcome. I don't know that I can think of one character that just had a lovely, calm, problem-free life. Can you? Which biblical characters come to your mind when you think of God's Word? What did they overcome and how did they do it? How did they feel about the pain while they were going through it? How about after? Think about the trust, faith, and attitudes of the people in God's Word who said things like, In all our troubles, my joy knows no bounds. And I delight in my hardship. That's pretty interesting terms for going through hardship and troubles. Over decades of coaching and ministry, I've noticed those individuals who demonstrate the ability to overcome physical or spiritual pain the best do these three very important things. Number one, they create and maintain a great attitude. How we approach pain and injury mentally will definitely influence the healing process. Number two, they modify their exertion. We cannot do the same thing spiritually or physically when we are trying to heal that we did when we were perfectly healthy. 
we must be more focused and purposeful concerning healing. There are things we must avoid that would bring us more pain and further injury. And there are things we must do specifically to speed up the healing process. Number three, they have a high level of trust. Overcoming requires faith and trust in God and people who have been placed in our lives by our Creator to walk us through the pain and injury, both spiritual and physical. We will all deal with pain and injury. It's my 100% money-back guarantee to you. I know that's a guarantee you'd rather not have, but it's much better to expect the tribulation and be prepared to overcome it than it is to be blindsided and unprepared. I love the song by Rich Mullins called I Am Ready for the Storm. I'll put a link on the Fitness and Faith website so you can listen. Be ready for the storms of life's pain and injury by preparing yourself with trust coupled with great attitude along with willingness to make modifications and live life inspired and energized with fitness and faith. It's time once again for a little fitness and faith funny. A man was pretty proud of himself as he started to pray. So far today, God, I've done all right. I haven't gossiped. I haven't lost my temper. Haven't been greedy, grumpy, nasty, selfish, or overindulgent. I'm really glad about that. But in a few minutes, God, I'm going to get out of bed. And from then on, I'm probably going to need a lot more help. Send us your Fitness and Faith funny, and we'll get it on the air, and we'll give you credit. Today, we are visiting with Greg Oraham, the lead pastor at Foothills Community Church in Seneca, South Carolina. Greg, thanks for joining us today. Well, thank you so much, Mike. Thanks for uh, having me on here, your uh, program. Please tell us a little bit about your church and your role. Well, I'm the lead pastor of Foothills Community Church, which is in Seneca, South Carolina, which is just in the northwest corner of South Carolina. My wife and I planted this church um, almost 20 years ago now, and uh, it's uh, we've seen some God do some great things, a lot of life change, and uh, it's, been a, it's been a great journey. That sounds exciting. 20 years, it's got a lot of your imprint on it. It does, and uh, maybe too much. <laughs> <laughs> try not not to have too much on it but you can't help it it's like when you plant the church it becomes like a child in a lot of ways it has um, a lot of your own dna but um, you know you want it to be independent as well so yeah and then you and then you also find time to run a fitness ministry for pastors uh, what's that all about yeah um several years ago uh we began or i began a uh, kind of a I don't know what you, I guess the ministry would be the best term for it. It's a ministry for pastors that focuses on their health and well-being, and uh, that's been kind of an interesting journey as well. Can you give us a little of your background and how you ended up in church ministry? Well, I, I came a, 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 probably a different route than most people. I, I wasn't raised in church. And I had never actually opened a Bible in my life until I was 23 years old. And um, 
that is when I became a follower of Christ. And so I was uh, in sales and eventually began my own business, which I did. This is I lived. We were from Florida. We lived in South South Florida and did that for years. I was in the burglar and fire alarm industry and and uh, continued to uh, do a lot of volunteer work at a church and things, and never really considered ministry, although I had a lot of opportunity to do different things as I grew in my faith. And eventually, we felt the Lord leading us here to South Carolina, and I began another business, um, and uh, that would eventually, um, about six months actually after being here, we felt God called to ministry, and uh, I kind of sensed that to be a church planter because uh, before a couple of years before we actually moved to South Carolina in our home in, in Florida, we were um, we were at our church, which was about 30 minutes away from where we lived, wanted to plant a church in our community where, where we lived. And uh, we actually were on staff. We're not on staff, but we the church began at our home. So I didn't really think I'd ever use that experience again. But when we moved to South Carolina and got called to ministry, I, I kind of sensed it would be a church planter because I'm more of an entrepreneur by nature. And um, we weren't sure if this area of South Carolina, you know, would, you know, how open they would be to church planting, especially with a, a little more current style um, church. And anyways, but we were very fortunate that God blessed and we're seeing great things. And so that, that was kind of my route to ministry. I actually, once I felt God's call to ministry, went back to school. I was, I was, by then I was in um, 36 years old, you know, so... Uh, I was, I'm kind of doing the Moses route of, of ministry, I guess. <laughs> well, then you've got a long, long journey ahead of you. You <laughs> said 20 years. You're going to be at least 40 because, you know, got to go 40 uh, years. Yeah, I, yeah, I've got a while to go. And and then you'll have whatever's next for you after that 40-year journey there at the church. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, that, that'll be interesting. Well, can you describe a little bit about your physical journey for us and how strength and fitness became important and how it became uh, what you do for pastors? I know it's an interesting story. Yeah, it was, you know, it was, pastor fit, this pastor fit ministry was not intentional in any way. Uh, it was more of a, evolved from my own personal experience. I've always been involved growing up playing sports and things like that, I always stay physically active. I've never been overweight. I've never done any of those things. And yet, um, when I was, had turned 50, uh, I'm 57 now. When I turned 50, I went in for uh, an annual physical, which, of course, it wasn't annual at the time. It was, I hadn't had one probably in 10 years prior to that. But I had my physical, and uh, my doctor said, boy, everything looks great, fantastic numbers look good and literally as I was walking out the door he said you know now as you're 50 you may consider doing this thing called a cardiac score uh, and I was what is that and he said it's, it's this kind of like a sort of like an MRI of your heart and it looks for plaque buildup on your heart and I don't see anything that would indicate there's any problems your, your all of your cholesterol numbers are, are you know ratios are great but but it wouldn't hurt he said your insurance company won't cover it but it's only back $100 I said sure I'll do that and he scheduled me a test. I went and had it done, and I didn't think anything of it. And the idea of this test is that it's supposed to score, it's kind of like golf. You're supposed to score very low, which means that you have no plaque buildup up in your arteries. 
the scale goes from like zero to 400, zero being optimum, 400 is, you know, you're, there's some problems. Well, they called me with my results and said, we need to see you pretty quick. And, and they said, your results are that you show you have 1,100. Well, that, was, that wasn't even on the chart. Wow. And I was like, well, um, something must be wrong with your machine. Maybe I should take the test again. And they said, no, there's nothing wrong with our machine. We need to, we need to have you come in here. And they, so they got me in. They said, we need to do a heart cath. We need to see what's going on. And um, so they uh, scheduled that thing pretty quick. And I went in, uh, not really knowing what to expect. And they said, we'll go into a heart cath. If there's any problem, we'll take care of it there. When they got in, there were four blockages in my heart, uh, arteries in my heart. Um, two of them significant enough that they, they to put stents in. Anything under 60% blockage, they don't put stents. But I had two that were significant. One was, I think, about 95%. One was 80-something percent. Both of those were what they called a widow maker, which is not the one you want to have. Exactly. So um, they put the stents in, and they, and they just let me know that basically I was dealing with a hereditary issue that um, I had no symptoms whatsoever. I didn't fit any of the categories. There was nothing. But for some reason, I was... Um, plaque was building up in my arteries and it was something I was going to have to deal with. So that was, obviously that was a wake up call. That was a, there was a moment there where it was a, you know, I, I went through a full gamut of emotions. Uh, they, the way they do these um, surgeries now, it's, it's not quite outpatient, but it's, you know, they don't keep you in long. You're in there about a day and uh, they send you home with all, your life is now different. You now, when you fill out your forms to go to you know, your dentist or whatever, and it gives you that medical form, now you have cardiovascular disease. And that label is, is scary because heart disease is the number one killer in America. Absolutely. So as, we, as my wife drove me home from the hospital, um, I, I tell people that I had, literally I was mad and I was scared and, you know, I was discouraged, all of those things, because I'd always try to take care of myself. I was the guy that was always, I was playing basketball two or three times a week. I was, I was doing all these kind of things. And the cardiologist told me, you're the guy that we would have read about that would have dropped, you know, in the middle of the basketball court. You'd have been, you'd have been dead and everybody going, wow, how could that be? He was in good shape, but there was something going on inside of you. So anyway, that was the wake-up call. And I, and I knew I was dealing with genetics and I knew there wasn't much I could do with that but I made a decision that I was going to do everything I could to tip the skills in my favor and so I just um, began doing a lot of my own research my initial cardiologist uh, in hindsight had me doing what I believe was the wrong like absolutely wrong thing for my condition but so I found I'm on my third cardiologist I found one that kind of gets what I'm trying to do uh, and so I just figured I would do as best I could between exercise and, and eating differently. Not that I ate bad, but differently so that I could reduce inflammation, which was the primary cause of not only my problem, but most people's problem. They don't even realize it. So that was where the journey began. Um, I want to stop you right there for just yeah. a second and remind listeners uh, of the importance of getting tests done. You know, especially guys, we're always putting things off, and and I'm kind of I kind of dealt with a similar issue, not near as severe as yours, but it it was I was 
the most in shape person I ran around with, but you know, the, the issues going on inside things that you don't see are the things that I needed to get checked out by tests. And, and I want to encourage people to get tested. Um, and I'm sorry to break up your story right then, but I just think it's so important. It is having your annual physical, um, and, and, you know, it's not always comfortable. I do it, of course, now every year. I have to, but um, for that, and I have some other things to do with the cardiologist. But that cardiac score test is probably, I'm not going to say it's what saved my life, but most likely um, I would have probably had a heart attack or something. I didn't, I, you know, fortunately, because it was, you know, proactive, and I'm so thankful my doctor recommended it. And it literally, if you go to your doctor, they have to be referred, but it's about $100, and uh, it may save your life. But have the, have, you're right, do do the things that you can. And I, we don't like it. Nobody likes to do it. Uh, I was the worst, but not anymore. I, I just realized that that's not the way I want to live. So, yeah, that was that was kind of how it started. Then as I, as I began to progress in my own journey, um, I – my body responded really well to that. I, my initial cardiologist, the one that I, you know, one of the good things he actually told me was that he said, I want to get you, I, you know, I wasn't ever overweight, but I was 50 years old. I had gotten soft. You know, there wasn't a definition that I once had as a younger man. And I said, you know, uh, he said, I want to lean you out. I want to, I want to, you know, have you eat a little differently. And again, his methods were a little different, but nonetheless, I, I, I leaned out Considerably, and I was, I was, you know, really got, and I've always enjoyed lifting weights, but I really got, you know, more involved in lifting weights and, and uh, things like that, and, and uh, my body responded well, and it just sort of by chance, I was down in Florida visiting my mom, and my wife and I were on the beach, and there, she took a picture of me, and and it posted on Twitter, or Instagram, whatever. Anyway, a lot of my pastor friends thought, "What are you doing, dude? What are you doing? You know, you know, you look great." And I just, well, I just said, I'm just changed the way I'm eating them. Anyways, those kind of questions started coming up on a regular basis. I found myself talking to more and more people. And through that, you know, these the years, that, a couple of years went by, and I was so so passionate about fitness and, and, and nutrition that for my own, this was for my own, I still wasn't doing anything. It was a pastor didn't exist. It was just answering questions for guys that were contacting me. But um, for my own, knowledge of something that I enjoyed, something I was passionate about, I became a uh, certified personal trainer. And um, and then as another year or so went by, more and more people were asking, and I said, you know, there's a need for this. And I and I need to I need to help other people. And so um, of course I didn't quit my day job. I'm still a pastor, but 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 I but I get an opportunity to invest in other people's um, not only their spiritual lives, but a lot, there's a lot of pastors, those guys that are on the front lines who neglect their bodies, as you know, Mike, and neglect their bodies. They, uh, they they put everybody else first, and they almost feel guilty about taking care of themselves. And and uh, if we're going to lead healthy churches, we have to be healthy spiritually, emotionally, and physically. We have to keep that saw sharp. Absolutely. Um, well, you kind of led into my next question. Why do you think both physical and spiritual development are important for us? Well, first of all, I'm, I, you know, I, I, was, I use this word, but, but I always get nervous using it because it sounds kind of new age. But I believe God created us holistically. Now, 
what I mean by that is I believe that we're, we're very synergistic, that that it, you can't really totally be healthy if emotionally you're unhealthy or spiritually you're unhealthy or physically you're unhealthy. You, you, one always affects the other. And so I don't think you can separate that. I don't think you can compartmentalize the way that God created us. So to me, it, it's important because I see a lot of guys and, um, you know, a lot of guys that I work with um, through the coaching that I do, that they have, you know, they've hit middle age, they are feeling fatigued, they're overweight, um, they don't have the, not, not only the energy to hardly make it through the day, but by the time they come home, they've got small kids or whatever, and they just don't have any energy to go out and play with the kids, or they just want to get on a couch, and they just want to, you know, we get the wife, let's get the kids to bed, and then they can go eat and go to bed. You know, and that's about, and, and they don't want to be that way. They don't have the energy to change. And so I, I just feel like it's a need. And something that was kind of prior to all this, I was at a little mini, I don't know, discussion group with some pastors one time. And I don't know how it this before I had found out I had heart issues. But in that little group of people, that group of pastors, they started talking about their heart issues. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, what's wrong with you guys? You all have heart problems. Of course, I found out I had mine. Mine were genetic, but they were stress-related, these right. guys. And of course, the best stress reliever uh, known to man is is exercise. The best, you know, uh, antidepressant is is exercise. I mean, you can't. There's nothing better. So when you combine that with someone who's staying sharp spiritually, it's it's a, it's a very potent um, combination for God to use. Well, that's one of the one of the reasons I use the word exertion is because. I found some people are stressed out by the word exercise, so, so I just I just change it over. Which which is my next question? What is your favorite form of exertion? Well, I still love lifting weights. Um, I I don't you know I've had um, shoulder surgeries and things like that, so I I I'm trying to be really wise about how I lift. I don't I don't I'm not. I lift heavy enough to, to give resistance, but I'm not trying to break records. I'm not, that, that, I'm past that phase of my life at 57. Now, um, my goals, and this is what I always tell people, is, you, you know, your first thing you do is you figure out what your goal is. My goal is health. So aesthetics, that's nice. I, that's one of my secondary goals, but my number one goal is my health. So um, for me, I, I'm a big believer in whatever it, form of exertion you use. It needs to be something you enjoy. I like lifting weights. I like doing CrossFit type exercise, uh, interval training things. I'm not a CrossFit guy, but interval training, unusual kind of. I, I like any of that. I, I like, uh, and I, I always like sports, but I don't. You know, that is is something that I do more for enjoyment, whereas the um, my exertion, my normal weightlifting, I do for enjoyment. Number one, also, but I don't do it just recreationally. There's a purpose behind that. Right. And so for me, that that's what I enjoy. I just love. I got a home gym, and that I've outfitted very inexpensively, um, just picking up things on Craigslist and what I need. And I and I can do pretty much everything I need to do. Um, I'm a self-motivated guy. I don't, um, you know, so so it works really good for me. And I love. I just I love to train. I just love it. Well, you try. You kind of touched on one of the things we like to say around here at Fitness and Faith Ministries. Uh, the best exertion for you is the one you'll actually do. 
that that's well put because if you, no matter how good something is, if at the end of the day you you dread it, you may do it for a week or two, and uh, it's the same way with with whatever kind of I don't like to use the word diet. We talk about you know uh, eating lifestyle, but but it's the same thing. If, if if you don't enjoy how you're eating and what your what form of exertion you're using, then you, it's going to be short lived. And what we're trying to get people to do is think in terms of, of down the road, of having that mentality that Caleb had, you know, when, when they were dividing up the land, and he reminded Joshua that he was promised the hill country. And, you know, he said, I'm, you know, I'm 80 years old now, but I'm as, as strong as I've ever been, and I'm, you know, I want the hill country. Most people at 80 would have been asking for the flat land. He wanted the hill country. And right. he said, there were giants yet. yet he, had, he had some unfinished business. And, that mentality that said, "I'm not quitting yet. I'm not. I'm not backing off. I'm, I'm pressing in." And that's that's kind of the mentality that that I, I that I try to get people to have. Just you know, don't quit. Just push because there's something. And once you figure out what it is that you you're uh, you're living for, whatever it is that you're doing. I look. At, I've got six grandkids, and you know that's motivation enough for me to say I need to. I want to be able to run around, and play football in the yard with my grandkids, and that's what I do. Well, a different kind of exertion. What is your favorite way to exert yourself spiritually? How do you work on your spiritual self? Well, I, I'm, okay, I, I, that's a great question. Uh, I think there's a, there's the answer that everybody would ex- expect, you know, just spending time in, in God's Word. And, and um, you know, I, I like the, you know, the SOAP method of Bible study, journaling things, where, you know, the Scripture observation, application, prayer, where you're really diving in that way. But... All, some of the non, I would, I would call non-traditional kind of ways that, that I really feel alive personally and spiritually is um, I, I'm a, I love to fish and I love to bow hunt and um, you know I really um, to me that's spiritually enriching for me because they're both very reflective kind of quiet uh, activities and um, and I really that that has a way of clearing my mind and getting me back on point spiritually as well and emotionally. So, um, yeah, I guess you'd say multiple ways. We actually did a podcast a few weeks ago that's still posted somewhere um, on that subject of being out in God's country and and experiencing this whole spiritual, um, you know, it, it takes you out of your norm and you're you're out and you're able to just really tap into to God and his creation when you're out doing stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, you do. I have to listen to that for that podcast. I, I want to hear that because that's, that's absolutely, I know for a lot of people have said, you'll hear people say, well, whenever I'm, you know, at the ocean, I really feel close to God. And I really believe uh, that there are a lot of people through God's creation that do see the hand of God and really feel close to God. And um, But for me, doing those kind of things are, are just uh, therapeutic for me. Well, do you have a favorite Bible verse that's really speaking to you at this point in your life that you want to share with us? You know, one of my favorite verses is uh, Acts twenty twenty four, where the Apostle Paul says, but my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus, the work of telling others about the wonderful grace of God. And that's how I feel as someone who didn't grow up in church. I just have a passion to see other people, lost people found, and and uh, broken people healed, and, and that's kind of what how we when my wife and I started 
church. Our prayer was God sent us the, the people that nobody else wants, and um, the ones that are kind of, you know, the misfits, the broken. And God has blessed through that. And he's given us, you know, a hodgepodge of people. We, we, you know, we have an unbelievable demographic when it comes to very uh, fun. It's a great, it's a great representation, I think, of the kingdom. And uh, we, we like to say we have everything from Mercedes to mopeds and. And it's just a great cross-section of our society that are part of our church. And so we're passionate about helping people find and follow Jesus. That's, that's what we do. And well, I, I, individually. Go ahead. Uh, I'd like to find the people that don't think they're misfits or broken. Exactly. <laughs> I, think that's, I think they're lying to themselves. control i heard a good uh it was a little video and i wish i could remember who was who was doing it but it talked about the right answer was good good was this answer that this guy used you know somebody would say something that was happening that was terrible and he'd say good <laughs> and and it was it was all about just training yourself to go all right that's a good problem let's figure it out let's let's do something about it uh, i just thought it was so interesting that, that, that's the kind of guy we, that we're always looking to hire. So, uh, and we have we have a lot. Of, we, you know, we've been really blessed with the staff that is at our church. That just, I mean, they're that's just part of you know, who we are, and, and it's uh, it's really enjoyable to, uh, to to share an office with people that think like that. And we see God, you know, God moves in response to faith, and and so that's the big, you know, having that belief that God can do anything He wants to do is. Is not coincidental why we see God move. So. Well, I never end these things without asking what I call the million dollar question. If you could only put one thing on a t shirt or billboard that everyone you know or with whom you come in contact could see every single day, what would that be? 
Well, I think that I would say that you could you could take a thousand steps away from God, but it only takes one to return. Awesome. And there are so many people that really think that they're beyond, um, you know, God's love. They've disqualified themselves. They've, you know, they feel like they've committed some sin that's just put them out of reach of God. And I just, you know, our message has always been that, that God has a plan for your life. God loves you no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been or what you did last night. He loves you. He's got a plan for your life. And you know, he proved it by sending Jesus. And so our word has always been just trying to let people know that that God's not angry with them. God loves them. And, uh, and he's not through with them. That's an awesome one. I love that one. Well, how can people find you? Well, um, on a personal note, my you know, they can find me at Greg Orham on any of the social media sites, and O-R-A-H-A-M is sites to Orham. But as from Pastor Fit, uh, Pastor Fit, we have uh, the same. You can go through uh, Pastor Fit Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, YouTube. And there's all, all those kind of things. And um, uh, I also, you know, we do coaching and um all those kind of things as well. I, I don't have a lot of time to do that. I try to take maybe at any given time I, I coach when I want to do one-on-one coaching. I do it online because most of the pastors are, I mean, they're all over the country that I deal with, but I try to handle no more than four or five at a time just because of my commitment to uh, doing pastoring. But um, So we do that, and we also have, uh, I, I sent out a, uh, I wish I would say a regular email, but it's irregular it's not as you know it's it's kind of based around my time uh, constraints and so we do send out different things we have a podcast uh, you know those kind of things that yeah there's some resources out there sounds good i will also have a link when this airs i will put a link on our website so they can find you easier by going to our website well, Greg, we really appreciate you being with us. I, I really appreciate what you're doing. It's so, it's a unique thing. I don't know how you find time to do it all, but thank you so much for being with us today and sharing your story with us. Mike, thank you so much for having me, and thank you for doing what you're doing and sharing that vision and values of, of helping people stay spiritually and physically fit. When I'm coaching teams and we come to the end of a practice or game, we gather together for a couple of reminders before we part ways. These are your reminders. Be sure to learn about the benefits of being on the Fitness and Faith team, which include our More Through Multiplication charitable giving program by checking out our website at fitnessandfaithministries.org, where you will also find valuable tools and information like our weekly blog study, exertion video links, and links to healthy recipes. It's all designed to help you find your fit. Use the contact page to send us your fitness and faith funny or suggest someone who would be a great interview. Thanks again for listening to the Fitness and Faith Podcast. And remember, it's always a great day to live life inspired and energized with fitness and faith.